Amen. Amen. <laughs> Can I move this here? I'm a little bit weird. Not in the same <laughs> hello, hello. I'm excited to be here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to see so many faces that have been to Brazil. And I bring, I bring greetings from people you know, my wife, my sons, JP and Deco, Joe, Mateus, Maria, and so many others that most of you know. And it's great to be here. Uh, as Mike said, I need you to extend grace to me because English is not my first language. So <laughs> if, I need, if I need help, I'm going to ask for Danielle that is here. And by the way, thanks, Danielle, Greta, and JD for hosting me so well. Uh, but to give uh, an example of what it's like to be preaching in English for me, is, you know, when you save money to travel abroad and you go to England, and suddenly you have to convert your money, South Africa rands or Brazilian reais, into British pounds. So, yeah, it shrinks a lot. Huh? That's, that's how my English, you know, is compared to my Portuguese. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the Lord to help us and you can understand what I'm, I'm trying to communicate here. But... I believe there's something that the Lord is speaking already. When Mike started the service, he said about making an environment for Jesus to be welcome. And I think that's the scripture we're going to uh, see just now. And also, now that Hans uh, spoke about uh, having dinner with Jesus, and that's the scripture we're going to see, people putting up a dinner for him. So I believe that's something that we all are going to, to see. And, and also, when Mike says I'm not a guest preacher because I'm part of the family, in the 412 family, uh, I believe this is one of the key things of 412. You know, every, every time some of you guys go to Brazil or I come here or people from all over the world, the, the, the feeling is like we are family. We visit our church, we visit the homes, the houses, and this is what uh, distinguishes, I believe, from uh, network movements, and especially in Brazil. I don't know how it's here, but I can say for in Brazil. And, and to be like a family in this uh, thing of being a family, in these days I've been very, um, the enemy is very against it, you know, everything that... Uh, it's been trying people to live by themselves, not community, especially not family, or not the family the way we see in the Bible, the way God's intended to be. And so I think the more we can understand how to become a family, especially the family of God, and to live like that, is going to show to the world the love of Jesus, the heart of God, and the way of life. So what I want to speak this morning is a little bit how we, we see elements that we see that we can find in a Christian house or in the family of God. And so I would like for you to open your Bible in John chapter 12. And we're going to read it from 1 verse 1 to 11. Uh, can you guys point for me a person who could read it in English with a beautiful voice? and Yeah, Greta or someone. So we can, yeah, please, 
They'll be very helpful. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among them, reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Is that it? Thank you so much. Yes, awesome. <laughs> so, uh, it's a very well-known scripture, and the scene is, is here. There's a, a dinner that is put up for Jesus' honor, and we see Lazarus, who he's raised from the dead, Martha, and her sister Mary. And then we also see uh, Judas and something that happened here. But the first thing I, wanna, I want to say is that um, at home, at a table, on day-to-day -day life is the place where the gospel makes sense and the life of Christ should appear and should happen. You know, it's very uh, interesting because we had the four Gospels, and we have like this diary of Jesus doing a lot of things, but somehow when we get saved, we try to do systematics, and we think about uh, creation, the sin, the fall, then salvation, and then glory, and that's everything we expect, and we forgot to see that the life should be living day by day with Jesus. And, and this is a scene where we can see that, and we see that uh, what's happening here is six days before the Passover was the very end of Jesus' ministry, so he knew what was about to come. It was an important time, but he came to Bethany, and Bethany is a place of the poor, a lot of, of misery around and Lazarus was, uh, as tradition regards, one uh, just man, you know, honor man who cared for the poor and helped them. And he, and he was living there. And, and you all recall the story that uh, he got sick and Jesus wait until the fourth day to come and restore him and bring him to life. And everybody 
saw that Jesus was really the Messiah because this was one of the signs that just the Messiah could do. And then uh, Jesus claimed that he is the resurrection and the life. And, uh, and the first thing I would like to point before we start looking to the test is that uh, Jesus is never late and is never late to listen to Jesus' voice. So everybody thought it was too late to receive life. But Jesus came on the right time and spoke and brought life. So whatever circumstances or challenges you have in life, whatever your, your state of relationship with Jesus are at the moment, it's never too late to receive more life. And I believe he's speaking some this morning. Okay? And, and, and Jesus said in John 5, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes in me uh, will have eternal life. And then this dinner was given in Jesus' honor. So, again, it's on ordinary things. When we sit at the table, when we're having life, when we're busy just doing life, Jesus can be honored. And that's where the gospel can make more sense. And I'll let you call your attention to what's happening here. Because the text says that Martha served. And then you can, if you, if you read the Bible like I, I do, you can remember that just one chapter before, she was rebuked by Jesus because Mary was at Jesus' feet and she was serving. She was busy serving, trying to serve. And now we can see that she's happy serving. And on this perfect, on the next chapter, everything looks perfect and functioning as should be. And you must think, wow, well, she... Hasn't she learned? <laughs> She's been rebuked. You're busy with many things. But now, yes, she, she has learned. Because now it's not about her. Her service to give her the glory or the credit was about him. Because the dinner was for Jesus' honor. And he was in the center of the table. And that brought her... Uh, acceptance for what she was, what she could do, what she liked to do, and now she in purpose, because she could serve the purpose to honor Jesus. And that's something important for us to understand that we don't have to change everything we do to do a certain way, to do church way, or to do like we expect. We can be who we are, who God made us to be, and serve Him with the things we like, we enjoy, but you honor Him. And, and that, so that brought acceptance, purpose, and also uh, forgiveness, because I think she probably was offended with her sister before. Can't you see, Jesus? I'm doing everything, and she's just at your feet. But now we see that Mary was again at Jesus' feet. <laughs> but she was happy about it. She was serving, and that's something that Jesus uh, did because he was in the right place, at the center of the table, I believe. I don't know how the table was set, but I, I think the most honored place. And now she recognized him as the one that was due to honor because he just brought his brother back to life, so she knew that 
uh, now she could uh, give her life to serve him. So that's something that should have in our families, in our church, this feeling of acceptance, of purpose, and also forgiveness, but the service to honor him. And then the text says, the scripture says that Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. And now uh, he was putting up this, his resources, his time, and everything to honor him. He was living to honor him. And Jesus was at the table and he's having fellowship with Jesus. Once I was in the insurance broker uh, market in Brazil before I become full-time, and I went to a company uh, training time with all the managers and directors of the company, and there was like this uh, time management course they were giving, and the facilitator was asking everybody in a, in a circle, about 40 people, uh, what's your plans for like two years, five years, or whatever? And people start shouting, I want to be a millionaire. I want a house on the beach and a, a sport car. I want to do this and that and all sorts of things like this. And then it came to me, I said something lame as those. I, I'll tell you why I, now I, I know that it's lame. Because at the end, the last one was an old man that was working with facility, was didn't have much big profile at the company, and then, but he was a Christian. And when they asked him what was his aim for the next years or for the purpose of his life, he said, to honor Jesus. And then suddenly all of the other answers was rubbish. <laughs> was rubbish because what can compare to that? So, what we see here is that Lazarus now is living this way. He's want to live to honor Jesus on his house, with his family, with his friends. And that's what's happening. So, he was celebrating this new life that Jesus gave him. And that was awesome. It, it was also awesome because we see that now... He could get killed again because of that. Because Jesus, they were trying to kill Jesus before. And now we read on the scripture that at the end of the chapter that because of Lazarus, the Jews were now trying to kill him as well. But then we see Mary. And Mary took about a, a pint of punard, expensive perfume, and poured it on Jesus. Wipe with her hair and the house was filled with fragrance. And, and what we see is that only fellowship with Jesus is not enough. There must be worship, adoration. It's not enough because, you know, it's good to understand what he done to us. He's, he he treats us as brothers and sisters, as family. But he's also God. He's also King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's worthy to receive worship. And, and then Mary did that. In worship, uh, everybody in Brazil 
try, when try to explain worship, they say it's kind of lifestyle. Oh, it's something that uh, when you sing uh, rapid songs, it's like a celebration is not worship. But then when you sing slow songs, this is worship. But I heard uh, one guy saying that worship is a privilege of the born again. Because you can praise anything, you can give uh, a kind of worship, but it, it will be to a false god, not the real one. So worship is the thing that only born again people can offer to him. And so it's a privilege. And also is the, uh, the true response, the love response to who God is, what He has done for us. So it's something that is due. And the way we worship is, is must, must be distinguished from everything we do. You know? Must take a place like the perfume, the fragrance, you know? And uh, when, when she did that act, I'm sure you guys heard a lot of preaching, uh, knowing that was unselfish, undignifying for her to uh, lose her hair and go at Jesus' feet. And he's worthy of everything. And, but what I, should, what I want you to think with me is that Jesus now says that this expensive perfume was reserved for his burial. But wasn't going to happen now. So uh, he knows that the Father provided that for him to, before he was buried. But I, I like to think that for Mary, she was saving that now that she just experienced her brother's death, either for her sister or for herself was the expectation of death, of a life, uh, a short life. But then after Jesus resurrected Lazarus, she now knows that she, she's got the eternal life. So she can pour everything to him. She doesn't have to be concerned trying to avoid death, avoid her life, what's going to happen about the future. She can give everything to him. And that's, I think, is beautiful because she was free now from the, the, the fear of death. And that, that's what Hebrews tells us that Jesus did when he resurrected. He released us from the fear of death. So I don't know the way you live in your life. Maybe you're too much concerned, not only the business of life, as Hans told us, but with the future of everything. But I can tell you, can rest assured that you have eternal life if you have Jesus' forgiveness and, and there's nothing to worry about. You can rest on Him and you can live to worship Him because of that, because you're free. What else? What else can happen? What else can harm you? What else can do, happen to you? Now, even death has power or effect over you. So you don't have to uh, use your energy, your effort to try to, you know, manage the future. You can rest that he's good and he knows. Uh, he loves you. He, he promised you eternal life.
And when she saw what happened with her brother, oh, Jesus brought a new meaning for her life. She's not expecting condemnation anymore. She's not expecting destruction, but a resurrected life. So this is what should be in a house, in a Christian house, a Christian church, this ex expectation for just life with Jesus forever. Like Paul says, it's not longer me who lives, but Christ lives in me. And everything I do now, I do for honor him, to worship him. That should be. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. With this uh, thing that makes the scene perfect. Can you imagine now, is everybody happy? So there's life, there's joy, there's love, there's forgiveness, there's acceptance, there's purpose, there's meaning, and now there's worship. And you know that a perfume, uh, it tells where you've been. If you've been to a bride, then you go back inside the house, everybody knows. Isn't it? And if, it's, it's the same. So I believe, that's not in the, the Bible, but I believe. The Bible says that prayers is like incense to God. Revelation says that. But I believe that worship is the perfume that Jesus enjoys and that he uses. You know, uh, and whenever I travel abroad, I'll go to a dirty free shop and I look for perfumes because I like it. And, and sometimes we don't have in Brazil. And I try to find the ones that I like. I believe that Jesus is trying to find the perfume he likes with your worship, your adoration, the way you live. So, <laughs> let's give him. <laughs> But one of the disciples, Judas, is that how you say it? Judas? Okay. Was later to betray him, object. Wasn't this perfume to be sold and the money? It wasn't better to look for the poor. And, and here we see something sad, you know, because he was one of the disciples. And he looked like a disciple. He looked like a follower, like a worshiper. But he was concerned for himself. He was living for himself. He was not. And, and what is even worse, because remember, Bethany is the place of the poor. So his speech was political, correct? And he was trying to look nicer than Jesus. I'm concerned about the poor here in this poor area. Aren't you not, Jesus? And this is what happens when, when we forget to focus on him and live for ourselves. We think we're better than him, that we deserve something. But actually what happened is that first Jesus says, no, nothing is more important than worship me. Second, he went to defend Mary, leave her alone. She's doing the right thing again. <laughs> yeah. And then what is said here is that uh, we see that Judas, even though walking with Jesus, reject being treated 
being dealt with his hurts, with his character, and everything. He was just trying to enjoy the life we've been committed to it. And then we know what happened to him at the end. So Jesus said, oh, leave her alone. And also, because she did that preparing for Jesus' burial, uh, I think he could, like, also be comforted knowing that God was making everything right for him to go to the cross on our behalf. And after that, he could see this was going to happen. Like Lazarus, that was dead, and now there's a party to celebrate life. So Jesus knew, helped him thinking and enjoying what was ahead of him. Saying, I'm going to go to the cross, but very soon we go all party together. We are going to enjoy the meal. And said that, and so that's what Jesus said. The pool you always have with you. But now, now you have the, the time, the opportunity to worship. The best thing is to worship. The best thing is to uh, testify, give testimony for his glory to be in the church. And then we see at the end that a large crowd found that Jesus was there and came not only because of Lazarus, but whom he raised from the dead, but also to see Jesus. And then the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. Because for an account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. And what we see here is that now Jesus and Lazarus were co-working, working together, attracting people, bringing people to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the new life, the resurrection of life, what God was doing. And that's something that you have in, in, a, in a house in, uh, in a figuratively way. I don't know. Is that right? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, now Lazarus is the one who is removing the stones and, and taking off the grave cloths from the people. Telling everybody, look what Jesus done. Look what he can do. He's the Messiah. He's the King. He's a Savior. And that's the message we should have in our homes, in our houses, in our families, in this church. And we should work together. And it's very interesting because in Portuguese, the word they use to, to tell that those that were believing in Jesus were going over to Jesus now is like uh, uh, defectors or renegades who left one army to join another one. Because now there's life. It, it, it was the Jewish people. It's not only rituals. It's not only laws. It's not only commandments. But it's life. And people are coming out of a false religion to have life with Jesus. And that's the way we should do life and live as a church, as families. So people can become, you know, not from one army anymore, from the enemy, but from Jesus' army. And then we should help every single one 
in our household, in our church, to remove the dirty cloths, the, the ones that still bring the smell of death. So that we can put some perfume of adoration. And now we should live in, in this way, that we should help each one of us to be free in Jesus, to be healed in Jesus, to have acceptance, to have forgiveness, to have a purpose, a meaning in everything, not fear of death or this life, but trying to honor him with everything they have. And um, there's one guy in Brazil that says that you know, we should care for one another, and the other is the only person allowed or authorized by God to receive the love that is due to him. So you can give to your brother, to your sister. Because you should love your neighbor as you love yourself and as you love God. And, and, and that's what we see. The house with all of these elements because of Jesus. That's the environment. That's the place where he likes to be. And except, you know, when the Bible tells us about Jesus' parents' house in Nazareth or his own house in Capernaum, Capernaum, yeah? Okay, the names are a little different. And the Garden of Gethsemane, where he loves to be in worship and prayer, this is the only place that the Bible tells that Jesus enjoyed to stay. It was in Bethany, in the house of their brothers, the sisters, the sons and daughters, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. So, I, I think that's what Jesus wants us to, to do, you know? Not only do church on Sunday, not thinking of great things, but on the day-to-day -day life. We're going to set a table for Him to honor Him and worship Him and spread the good perfume of the gospel. So, in the house of God should be fellowship, yes, but uh, forgiveness, acceptance, transformation, proclamation, meaning, purpose, and, of course, worship. So, that's all I could say to you this morning. <laughs> and praise Jesus, let us become like that. <laughs>